0: no taxation without representation 200 years of
1: exploitation in the capital of this nation no representation in the capital of this nation 200 years of exploitation Give the people their right to vote. Someone asked me, was it true? The voting rights of the district were long overdue. That was Sweet Honey in the Rock with Give the People the Right to Vote. Hello and welcome to Shadow Politics, an hour long grassroots talk show, which will attempt to shine a light on the issues that you care about. I'm your host, United States Senator Michael D. Brown, coming to you live from the District of Columbia, America's last colony. I'm joined by my co-host, Marilia Duffels, and together we hope our show will start a dialogue with America about the issues that are important to you and affect the lives of all of us. So feel free to Skype in a question or call in at 888-627-6008. Marilia is not with me tonight. She's in... Uh, Amsterdam. I hope she's having fun. I think she's working, but uh, she's in Amsterdam and won't be back till tomorrow, so you'll see her again. We'll have her on again next week, but today we have a special guest, and that is uh, former Congressman Jim Moran of Virginia. Uh, Mr. Moran served in politics for 35 years. He was a mayor of Alexandria for many years, and he spent 24 years representing Virginia's eighth Congressional District, and we're really, really proud to have him on the show today. Uh, welcome, Congressman. Thanks for being with us. It's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, let me ask you, the, the you know, about the 800-pound gorilla in the room, uh, since you spent so many years in Congress, what do you think today about the divisiveness, Congressman? Is that is that something that's drastically different from when you were there? And, and and is there anything we can do about it? It seems like, like we're no longer interested in promoting the public interest. We're just interested in which side wins. Uh, what's your Michael, reaction to that? Uh,
0: well, uh, I was elected in 1990. Uh, when uh, Newt Gingrich uh, uh, was elected, along with a, a vast number of Republicans in 1994, uh, it ushered in more than a Republican majority. It uh, ushered in a different mindset. He had taught all the Republican candidates uh, not to treat Democrats as colleagues, but as enemies. He he fashioned it almost as though there was a war. And uh, he would use terms like, we need to go to battle with them. Uh, they're evil. They're wrong. They're bad for the country. They're un-American. You know, just all, everything you can think of, to demean and disparage uh, Democrats. And that set up an intentional conflict. He eliminated the retreat that uh, freshman, newly elected uh, Democrats and Republicans would go to at the Harvard Kennedy School. Um, it, it would give us a chance to get to know each other. Uh, we would have other opportunities to uh, we would travel up to uh, Nima Colon, for example, or Hershey Park or places that were not particularly expensive. But we'd get time uh, to get to know each other and the spouses would get to know each other because we had far more in common than we had in, uh, in, in you know, in disagreement. They, uh, at that time, at least, uh, they um uh there, we had a gentleman a, a nice congressman from arkansas who ran the the uh, members' gym uh, it didn't take much but you know it was uh it was an opportunity in the gym that we could but we could work out together we could uh, again uh share ideas in a friendly format uh that newt got rid of him because he was too moderate uh mm-hmm. it, it, I, I i remember uh, you know, being told a story, and I, uh, I probably shouldn't use Tom's name, but I will. Tom Davis was something of a moderate. He believed, certainly, even though he was chair of the Republican <laughs> Campaign Committee that ushered in that uh, enormous windfall of Republicans. But he did believe in getting legislation done. Of course, I got to know him well, because uh, we served in adjoining districts, and and we were really compulsive about Working the our constituency of, of whatever political persuasion they were, well, at one point uh, Tom chaired the government reform committee that where the DC subcommittee was uh, was uh, uh, under it, uh, and, and um, uh, one of the toughest issues was postal reform because the, the postal service had had been uh, uh, loaded down by this impossible. Uh, indebtedness for future pensions that no corporation, certainly no public entity uh, had to bear. But it, it, uh, it, I think it was designed to make sure that they were always broke and that ultimately the American people not understanding their, their, why they were in debt, that they, uh, they would eventually get rid of it and turn it over to the private sector. So I, I think it was a ruse to, to accomplish that privatization. Uh, if, but uh, he had sat down with the postal workers union, the letter carriers union, as well as, uh, you know, FedEx and USPS and the other not USPS UPS, uh, and the, the other letter carriers. And he had worked out an agreement. And so he was going to he was going to resolve that issue, which had stewed for decades and he couldn't get it to the floor. So he went to Tom DeLay, who was the whip, a guy from Texas, and he asked, what's the matter here? I've worked this out. This is important legislation. We can get rid of this very controversial item. And Tom said, we're not going to do that. And the reason is that Republicans were raising an enormous amount of money on that issue. And similarly, Democrats were raising money from the Postal Workers Union. No. And if you resolve it, then that money isn't going to be raised. And besides, it's a message issue. And and you uh, know, to get rid of it, it, it dulls the message and uh, reduces the, the reasons for conflict. He didn't get into all that explanation, but that was clearly what he was conveying. And so it uh, it never got fixed. That uh, I mean that I think that that uh, um, exposed a good deal of what this is about. It's about raising money. It's about creating conflicts. It's about uh, perpetuating these um, uh, these echo chambers of ideology where all you hear is something that reinforces your beliefs that, that um, uh, you know, whatever they may be. And it's on the left and the right, um, but it started with the right. And, uh, and I think it's just gotten worse. And, of course, this is uh, eventually you, you create two warring camps ideologically in this country. And, uh, and Trump was uh, very savvy, skillful, in going after the Republican camp, I mean, they're not. It's not a traditional Republican campus. In fact, I mentioned Tom Davis. He has. He when he gives a speech, he generally explains that the Republicans have moved from the country club to the country. Uh, that if you find a, a, an area that has a university and a well-educated population and a metro station, they're they're blue. They're Democratic. You find a place that doesn't have as as good a public education system, that doesn't have a strong an economy, that doesn't have Starbucks and doesn't have public transit. They're invariably going to be Republican. And it's and two warring camps now, and it serves a lot of a lot of people's best interest, but it doesn't serve the American interest.
1: Well, you know, first of all, I think is you you know you you invoke the name of Tom Davis, who you know well. Uh, as a Republican from Virginia, was also a friend of the District of Columbia. I don't think we, you know, he he, he put together the DC Voting Rights Act. I don't think yeah. that we have a friend like that anymore on the Republican side of things, and it in and and it's dismays me um, greatly. But I, I agree uh, with you. He we could
0: have gotten statehood. He had a arrangement right. where you would have given. Uh, Republican states to Utah, and Utah's population had grown significantly. And in return, D.C. would have gotten uh, the seat, so it 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 was a fair compromise. But again, it was
1: a fair compromise.
0: Yeah, but 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 you know what else?
1: I'd like to ask you, Congressman. Since you bring up money, I have always been of the uh, position that the best thing you could do to reform Congress would be to make congressman's terms four years. So that instead of two, so they don't spend all their time trying to fundraise. What do you think of that idea? Do you think that's a po- That would be a positive step. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I, 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 no, these guys, not,
0: uh, Michael, it's not going to happen. And unfortunately, the, um, uh, you know, the really troubling reality is there are so many people now involved in that fundraising. They don't really want it to get fixed. Uh, And you look at senators. uh, The senators have six-year terms, but gosh, they, uh, you know, they're fundraising every year. They're always fundraising. Yeah,
1: Yeah. they're always fundraising. And uh, let me ask you, uh, you were were very much involved in uh, the Woodrow Wilson Bridge, the, yes. the Metro to Dulles, the widening of Route 1 to Fort Belvoir, and lots of construction projects on local roads and bridges. How important is it to America to have a national infrastructure built?
0: Oh, you need to. Uh, you know, we have fallen far behind China. We're behind a number of other uh, European nations in terms of our infrastructure. Uh, it, 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 you know, when you think about it, uh, from the very beginning of this country, if you were on water, you had a chance to generate an economy and have an a, a economically viable right. community. Uh, and then uh, if you were on a, on a rail line, same thing. And then uh, when Eisenhower built the interstate highway system, uh, that enabled uh, so many uh, communities to become big cities. You've got to be able to commute And now if you have an airport, you're going to be a big city. But if you don't have an airport, you know, no, people aren't going to invest a substantial amount of capital. So uh, you have to have an infrastructure. And we had to fix that bottleneck on the Wilson Bridge. I'll tell you a little funny story, if you want. uh, Yeah, uh, please. On the Wilson Bridge. So um, I worked hard on it because it was in my congressional district, of course. Uh, And Tom Davis was very helpful, and he was the chair of the Republican Campaign Committee, so he got votes. Uh, Frank Wolf was the chair of the Transportation Appropriations Subcommittee, so he helped me get votes. And John Warner. Uh, helped John chair the Surface Transportation Committee. I remember at a fundraiser that John Warner was actually doing for Mark Warner, if you can believe it. If you mm-hmm. remember when when Mark first ran against John, yes, I he do. had these signs all over the cell. He had these signs all over the state saying, Mark, not John, you know, quoting yeah. uh, the, uh, the Bible or whatever. So the New Testament. So, um, But now John became... Much more enlightened. I don't know whether it was Elizabeth Taylor's influence, or I think it was just John being John. The, the country has turned more conservative. John stayed the way he was, and he was a good guy. So, um, but at that fundraiser, he says, and Jim Moran, Jim Moran was responsible for the Woodrow Wilson Bridge, it. and I answered. I said, look, Senator, uh, I'd love to take credit, but the fact that you were chair of the Surface Transportation Committee in the, in the Senate was what got it done. <laughs> Well, now that you mention it, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> you say something oh, yeah. like, Every, everybody give me applause. It was funny. But the frustrating thing was that it took so long to build, Michael, yeah. that, uh, that uh, Tim Kaine was then the senator, uh, not John, um, the, the uh, Bob Ehrlich, who voted against the money for the Wilson Bridge. I, I, I mean, Bob's now something of a friend now, I, so I'm not critical of him. That's kind of funny, though. But he voted against it, and he was the governor of, of
1: Maryland. Maryland. Yeah,
0: And so, um, Tony Williams, I believe, was the one that pushed in D.C., and he was out of office. So that when they finally opened the bridge, they had the heads of D.C., Maryland, and Virginia ride in these Model T cars across the bridge mm-hmm. for the first time. None of them had been involved. And the, <laughs> and the irony is that Bob Ehrlich voted against it.
1: Yeah. None yeah. of the people
0: that got the money and, uh, uh, got any of the credit. It was all new people who weren't involved in getting the money, riding these Model T's. And where was Tom, Frank, and myself? We were up in the peanut gallery. We didn't huh. even get recognized. Uh, well, <laughs> we well, let me tell you, these guys. You know, thanks a lot, guys. And uh, well, you know, it is what it is. It's uh, it was a lot of fun. Anyway,
1: yeah. I I, I want to thank I you. It. I want to thank you, Congressman, because I used to when when I was dating my wife many many years ago. I you she lived on the that? other. You know, no, she was she was living on the other side of the Wilson Bridge. Uh, and you could come to the Wilson Bridge. I mean, it was the most amazing thing. You could yeah. be at the Wilson Bridge on a Wednesday night at, at midnight, and and it would be bumper to bumper. Like there was yeah. no logic to you know to to why the bridge was always crowded. Mm-hmm. But
0: well, it's the southern
1: part of old, the southern part of old town
0: opposed it viciously because they didn't want you know the, all the traffic. But the right. reality is. They were getting all the pollution from the stu- from the automobiles
1: right. idling
0: in line. They they right. were getting covered with pollution, and uh, and yet, uh, really, they were kind of small minded when you think about it. And and opposing the bridge, they uh, it, the, it, and and the the money that was lost and people sitting there waiting to get into work was ridiculous. But. It's a good example of why we need infrastructure. I'm glad you mentioned it, Michael. And But now, tell so tell us about how you were courting your wife and all. You had to, oh, well, you, you know, had I, I, the, lie, the, I, I lied to her
1: congressman. Kind of she thought I had money. And, and before oh, yeah. before she realized I was broke, we had three kids and there was nothing she there could do. So she was so stuck. But you yeah, know well, what? I, I got to talk to you about this. I hate labels, but, you know, you've been called a progressive by many people. Mm -hmm. And we've just seen this thing in San Francisco where the school board, three members, progressive members of the school board were, you know, uh, uh, defeated in a special election. And lots of those political pundits that are out there are calling it a wake up call for progressives do you think it's a wake up call for are we having a fight in the democratic party a split between uh what you might call mainstream liberals guys like me and progressives or or is that happening for us you think Uh, those members those those members of the school board were
0: not progressive in my mind Mm -hmm. Uh, they were radical, uh, progressive comes from a determination to achieve progress. They weren't achieving progress. They, they were embarrassing the liberals that elected them. Imagine, uh, changing the names of 42 schools because some in some cases, uh, in Washington's case, he he did have slaves, but he was the father of the country. And when you read bi- biographies about him, you know he was pretty a pretty good, important guy uh, and had a lot more redeeming qualities. And, and uh, you know, there's no excuse for having slaves, but you have to uh, you have to look at things in context and realize people aren't perfect to remove Lincoln, to remove yeah. Teddy Roosevelt, frankly. Yeah. I mean, this was just stupid. That Everybody has faults. Everybody is trying to, well, some people aren't trying to do better, but most people are. And and those were the presidents who founded our country and enabled these folks to have a democracy where they could get elected. So that a, a lot of them, these presidents, They wanted to change the name because they weren't sufficiently committed to progressive values. Well, what the hell is that? So uh, they, uh, they did that. Then they decided, let's take the the, the most successful school where people are, that is attracting people who otherwise would invariably be going to private school. They're sending the kids to public school. They're contributing to the public school system in in a, in a major uh, way. And it's a school that, that we take great pride in, they wanted to fill it all with a lottery. Uh, And, and, you know, so all those families are going to simply leave the public school system because their children needed to be challenged, and so they're going to put them in the the private school system. Uh, But they did all kinds of things. uh, You know, there was no face-to-face education for two straight years. Those, yeah. uh, so you've got two years where the kids, uh, and the, the problem with that, and actually it's not just San Francisco, is that uh, it's fine if you've got two parents that uh, are able to spend time with their child, who read, who have books, who read to their child, who, uh, and, and children who are computer savvy, that's fine. They're, they'll catch up. But that's not the case for a whole lot of students, and I, you know, D.C. is an example. I, yes. I there's an awful lot of students and those kids are never going to catch up, yes. and so they're two years behind, and they may be two years behind in terms of being economically competitive throughout their adult lives. It was wrong, and I, yeah. you know, I, I could I do consider myself progressive, and I can I can point to more progressive. Uh, you know, initiatives I took as, as mayor and things, ways I voted in the Congress uh, if anybody wants to challenge me. But frankly, uh, the teachers were the first to get vaccinated and, the, and in some school districts, the last to teach the children. And I do think there, there had to be a way with the children who weren't computer savvy, who didn't have those resources at home, uh, to enable them to to get some teaching. I, it really troubles me that there was very little effort made. And and I think there's going to be a reckoning. And it's not just a political reckoning, but there's, unfortunately the, the children are, are, are going to pay the real price. But I think the Democratic Party is going to pay a price and similarly to the way that Terry McAuliffe uh, lost to uh, Glenn Youngkin. Terry was so much more qualified to be Governor, and and he's a progressive, but he lost because of the impression that had been given that the Democratic Party, uh, frankly, was not progressive enough. If you want to define pro, uh, progressive as uh, as pushing for progress in in our priorities, which is better life, uh, particularly for our children, but I, I'm I'm going on too long on this issue. No, you're so not. Right. It's and one that and- really
1: troubles me me too and my wife is a, a virginia school teacher she's the librarian at Annadale high school in in, in fairfax That's county good. And, good. and 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 you know she feels the same way and when yeah. mccullough by the way mccullough used to have the office across the hall from mine at the dnc i worked really? with him and i also worked with mark warner uh, yeah. We were all on staff. We were we were youngsters, you know. They didn't pay us yeah. much, and we worked wow. hard. But but we 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 were all committed. And you're right. Yeah. He was much more qualified for the office, and had yeah. been governor. And and my recollection is that he was a well liked governor when he, he was, was a, governor. A,
0: yes, he was well liked because he was very good at being gov- a governor.
1: Yeah, he was a and governor. when and when he made that statement. I forget exactly what the statement was about it it's the responsibility of teachers to develop the curriculum and not parents my my wife stood up at the dinner table and applauded she said that's exactly right but it seemed unfortunately to you know be part of his 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 undoing so uh let me ask you two questions one I, I don't mean to cast dispersions on the state of Virginia, but I think turn a one-time term limit for governors. Don't you think that's extreme? That 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 a governor. Can... I mean, you were you were in Congress for twenty-four years, yeah. so you know there's yeah. a steep there's a steep learning curve. You know, you are yeah. a mayor, you were a yeah. right. You you don't yeah. really get it right off the bat. It takes a while. So isn't yeah. it crazy to just have a one-term uh, uh term limit for governors? Uh, I, I,
0: I don't know that it's crazy, but I sure think we'd be better served because right now uh, uh, we've got a Republican governor. So yeah, you know... Uh, the, <laughs> we, right now it's you know, served as well. But but, but the the reality is that most states uh, have repeating terms, and and I yeah. think that makes sense. Um, the But the problem, Michael, is that it's not going to be fixed because the legislature would have to fix it. Yeah. And it's the legislature, many of whom want to be governor. So not gonna, yeah. it gives them more chance to be governor if, uh, uh, you know, it's a one-term governorship. Yeah. So they're not going to fix it.
1: Well, and that was my experience at the DNC. I was in fundraising, and I was in fundraising compliance, and there were big loopholes left in in, in FEC requirements and other things because it was the politicians that put together what those yep. requirements should be. Yep. So they they left plenty of they left plenty yep. of wiggle room, which is the uh, province of most elected officials. But right. is is Virginia bellwether? You know, Virginia is an important state. And by the way, I think it's so appropriate that we should have a member, a former member of Congress from the state that produced more presidents than any other state uh, on President's Day weekend. But is uh, belt is it a bellwether? Is Virginia, do, do the Democrats have to take heed of what happened to McAuliffe and, and you know, mend their wicked ways? Uh, it is
0: going to be a bellwether, I fear. Uh, I, I think <clears throat> the Democrats are going to lose about 50 seats uh, in November. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Democrats may lose the uh, the Senate as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, unless we're careful, we're going to lose the presidency, too.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, what do you think about uh, former President Trump's chances? Can... can- I mean, I don't know about his chances in the general election, but do you think there's a Republican out there that can beat him in the primary? Is there a I Republican? Uh, yeah. It's a shame because I, I think there's some sure. decent Republicans, uh, you know, uh, former governor of Ohio, former governor of Maryland, yeah. or current governor of Maryland, Hogan. That's a, you know, some that's of them are problem.
0: good. <laughs> they are good, and that's the, that's the very problem. Because they have integrity and they and they won't endorse uh, Trump's uh, claim that, uh, uh, you know, the election was stolen from them. And that's why they can't uh, win in a Republican primary. A Republican primary, as you very well know, draws the the most activist um, members of the party. And and they're Trumpists. They're they're passionately for Trump. Uh, I'm you know, it, you know, I I can't relate to Republicans today. It just doesn't, uh, you know, it's a party that uh, is, uh, you know, is an ab- a daily embarrassment, but um, uh, it, is, it is what it is, they, they say. I, you know, I was thinking today, listening to Hillary Clinton's speech that um, uh, in New York before the State Democratic Convention, that uh, it's not inconceivable that you could have a a, a matchup between her and Trump again. Mm. Um, the uh, She may be the only one that can get a Democratic nomination, and uh, Trump may be the only one who could get the Republican nomination. And this time, I think she would beat him you heard of it first here
1: well <laughs> funny. you know from 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 your lips to you god's ear uh, uh mm-hmm. congressman Uh, You know, there's that old adage, right, that we all go by in the Democratic Party, that Democrats fall in love and Republicans fall in line. Uh, You know, they Mm -hmm. fall in line behind whatever candidate they have. And, you know, I've been an official in one sense or another at the last 13 Democratic conventions. And I can tell you, I can tell you that they were before Milwaukee, the last convention in Philadelphia. There were people at the convention yelling, Bernie, 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 Bernie. Even when we had a nominee, there were people that weren't satisfied at that point, couldn't get, you know, that's part of our problem, right? Uh, uh, That uh, the great uh, wit from Oklahoma said, I belong to no organized political movement, I'm a Democrat. Uh, and and yeah. Will Rogers, and that's still true today, is it not? We we end up sometimes being our own worst enemy. So, uh, do you think that? Uh, you, you, I mean, you're the first person I've heard say that you think she can get the nomination, but uh, and you think she can win if, if if that happens, because people didn't turn out for her last time and realize what a mistake it was. Do you think that's? Or do you think there's enough? Um,
0: well, I don't think I don't think they'd be as tolerant
1: of, of
0: Russian interference uh, this yeah. time around. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think Hillary would get a better campaign staff uh, that would recognize that she needs she needed to get out and see regular people and and not. Yeah. Uh, Charge twenty eight hundred dollars to be able to go to an event with her. Um, yeah, I, I I think she was poorly served by her, by some of her campaign staff. Yeah, um, I think she'd yeah. just do it better. And you know I, um, I think I, I frankly think she's the best we have because I don't think Joe is going to run again.
1: Well, and there was a lot of rancor. You know that there were many people on her staff that felt that the nomination was stolen from her from Barack Obama. You can remember back in those days that we I all thought she, she all, we all thought she had it in the bag, right? And then this guy, yeah. this freshman senator from Illinois, came with a brilliant strategist who knew that 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 a lot of her support was weak. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't really strong. Well, was,
0: I was one of those people, I, you know, and I, I think Barack Obama was a good president. And, yeah, uh, he was. He, he served the country well, uh, but I always felt badly that, uh, yeah. you know, I because Hillary would have been great too. I, I, I did think that it would be a good thing for this country to have, uh, a black man as president. And, uh, and, and he was clearly, uh, the one, and, and this was the time. And so she, uh, you know, had the, to, she took a backseat to what we wanted to achieve for the long-term betterment of the country. Um, uh, then we supported her. And I, I, I don't think, you know, she was eight years older. Um, she she frankly didn't appear as well, uh, you know, on the campaign trail. I hate to say yeah. that, but, you know, you have to be hard-nosed about uh, politics because uh, politics is a, is a hardball game. And, uh, um, But, you know, I, I still think she's the most uh, qualified.
1: Well, isn't it a strange thing? Don't you find it strange about politics that people have to like you? You know what I mean? Like if you put Hillary's Hillary Clinton's resume in front of you, if you were hiring for your law firm and you put Donald Trump's resume in in, in front of you, you you wouldn't. It would be a no brainer, right, that he was so much more well qualified for the office than this man was. But there's that thing that people have to they have to like you. It's a personality thing, you
0: know compared John Kerry's resume with George W's resume.
1: Yeah, of course. You know,
0: it's the same but but people want to would much rather have a beer with George W than John yeah. Kerry
1: who was kind yeah. of office. Yeah, exactly. he was. He was. Offers, re- yeah. Yes, he's very very I, I've met him on occasion and he's very kind of, you know, he for some of those people have that political thing like Bill Clinton, right? You want to have a beer with Bill Clinton. Yeah, but, for sure. And and, and some James of them Kennedy. Some of them don't. And, you know, when you bring up... Uh, go ahead, excuse me. But I was just going to say, when you bring up the the fact that Trump is still holding on to this myth of he won the election, you know, it's got to make you proud as a Democrat to remember Al Gore, who right, who who lost by by a few hanging chads and stood he, up he, and well, actually, and, and he, accepted he it, didn't. and
0: right, yeah, he didn't he didn't lose. Uh, what happened was that. Uh, the Republican operatives, many of them young down there, they were okay. counting it and they realized that Gore won. And so they yeah. called Jim Baker and Baker called the Supreme Court. And uh, he, uh, I think it was Scalia that he talked to and Scalia got the five Republicans together. And, you know, they overturned it. They gave the election to Bush uh, that they knew that Gore had won it. That's why, the, you know, there were some people within the camp and, and, and Gore just felt, for the betterment of the country that he would right. be this gentleman and he would defer to him, but he didn't lose that. It was the people who got to Baker to get to the Supreme court, they, the reason they did was that they realized that, uh, that Gord actually, uh, won that battle of the hanging chads that, uh, you know, there were, there were communities that were almost all Jewish, and you had them voting for um, uh, the, the guy that, uh, uh, Pat Buchanan. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, it, it was once they corrected that stuff, they realized, oh yeah, that, that, not by a lot, but but Gore had won by you know a small margin in Florida, and so he had won the election, and the Republicans weren't going to allow it. So. Yep.
1: Yeah and uh but yeah what a
0: different world it would have been we wouldn't have gone into the iraq war we would have focused on on the, protecting our environment we would have taken a, the international lead on on the, uh, uh you know uh, glo- uh, addressing global warming it would have been such a better world but Hell, it would have been a better world if we had elected George McGovern in 1972. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Instead I don't know like if you Richard voted Nixon. I don't know if you voted for him, but I was one of the six people that voted, voted for him. Oh, I, voted I mean, for him. Well, I, I couldn't, couldn't believe you, it cuz I was the first 18 vote. I know. And yeah. and I got up that morning and I just couldn't believe that Richard Nixon had, you know, because we we just didn't we well, I was a college student and we thought Richard Nixon was horrible, and we just couldn't believe that. Well, he was, but us college students is what lost it. It
0: was that Chicago convention; it scared yeah. people, and they didn't yeah. want the country run by radicals who were going to kind of, were going to support that kind of disruption.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, uh, um, let me ask you another thing about Virginia politics. We just read the, the front page of the Metro section today had that. Um, uh, governor Yunkin, the new Republican governor of Virginia, yeah. is uh, now going to be able to put a lot of people on uh, panels that were uh, generally seen as a perfunctory uh, right of the the government that the governor that was leaving to appoint people to council. They, they the Republicans have now stood against all these opponents because of uh, this environmentalist coal lobbyist who was uh, who was uh, uh, put up by uh, the Republicans to be an environmental ahead of the environmental stuff in in Virginia I really can't even believe that you can nominate a person like that but uh, is this just petty politics you think yeah I, you know it's uh
0: uh i some of the people i don't know it, it, the, the reality is though that these boards don't have a whole lot of influence yeah. i mean the, the education the board of education has some but they did reappoint um to tim kane's wife uh and um and she's Ann holton she's terrific um it, 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 the other people they didn't appoint i'm not sure how much it the difference it makes, and you know, the Water Control Board and the—they—they're uh, right. they're not necessarily uh, committees that are going to be decisive in terms of policy. So I—I I, I wouldn't make quite as big a deal about it as uh, you know, as the post is. You, you need to, you, you know, you need you need to write a column every day if you're covering right. government, and and uh, and, uh, and that column needs to be controversial if anybody's going to read it, but. I, it's it's only uh, four boards, I think, and, and none of them are
1: consequential. And isn't that a big problem today in our politics is that we have this 24-hour news cycle. We've yeah. got all this social media stuff. I don't care how crazy you are or what your position is on anything. You can find somebody on the internet that agrees with you, yeah. uh, regardless of how. Isn't that a major problem for us? In in you know because people really don't. Uh, uh, somebody like you, Congressman, pays attention to politics. You're part of the attentive public, but there's not you know that makes up about ten percent of the public the other 90% really doesn't they pay attention to the sound bite and you know and gas prices and food prices they really don't don't pay much attention to other stuff and this is right this is just fertile ground for all this 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 division don't you think
0: uh, absolutely uh, you know i i don't think that uh, the People in our uh, that are going through our schools generally even understand how our government works I don't think they can answer simple questions um, uh, you know uh, um, they, the, the, how many justices are on the Supreme Court I, I don't think the majority of Americans uh, even uh, you know the high school students can answer that question uh, you know I don't think they know how the electoral college works. Uh, Uh, I I don't think we do a a very good job of teaching civics. Uh, uh, I I really think that a majority of our country is clueless. And that's why democracy is in danger, even in the United States.
1: Well, you know, I got to say that it was a Virginia president, uh, a guy named Thomas Jefferson, who was worried about that, right? When they founded the country, he was worried about uneducated people having the right to vote and and yeah. people that that didn't did you know they thought that if you didn't own land you didn't have a stake in things so uh we shouldn't you know you shouldn't be uh, you shouldn't be allowed to uh to to vote and of course that covers the whole spectrum i mean you can talk about thomas jefferson you can also talk about karl marx they all you know they all said this was a weakness of our democracy. And, and yeah, I hate to, I hate to see this, uh, all coming true. Well, let me ask you, do you miss being in Congress? Congressman? Uh, some days
0: I do. Uh, what's going on now makes me miss it. I, I'd be chairman of defense appropriations now. And, and so I'd be, uh, you know, playing a, a role that made a difference, uh, in terms of our policy uh, i i i would have weighed in uh strongly as uh, strongly as i could against uh, that kind of uh uh immediate withdrawal from afghanistan i i think it was poorly handled i think it made our yeah. country look yeah. bad and it and it wasn't fair to the people who had worked for us and with us in afghanistan um i'd uh I'd, I'd like to have been able to weigh in on what's going on in, in Ukraine right now. Um, I, I think some of our defense budget is, uh, is misallocated. Um, and, and I don't, I don't think we put enough into technology and I think we put too much into legacy systems, but you know, I, it's, uh, I made a decision. I was frustrated. I, I felt that, um, you know, it, it had, uh, uh, the the ability of individual members of congress had diminished to be able to make a real difference and and i had spent most of my adult life in politics i i yeah. felt that my kids had sacrificed enough and it was time to yeah. get on you know yeah. um, i to help them get to have a better little better life yeah no i understand well, that. that
1: let uh, me let me ask you one last thing uh since you were an out out, out Spoken opponent of the Iraq War. What about Ukraine? You know, the president tells us that Vladimir Putin is about to uh, invade Ukraine, which we have every reason to believe, given the buildup of troops. What do you think our response should be, or or can be? What what, what kind of response can we have if they move into Ukraine? Well, I'll I'll I'll, I'll say some things,
0: and I'll try to add a little. Light on it that might not have been discussed in in uh, you know in reading the, the newspapers or watching television. First of all, Vladimir Putin is a bad guy. KGB agent. Is guy. Always a KGB agent. He he gained power by blowing up a multi-family apartment complex. Um, he did it and then blamed the Uyghurs so that, uh, that you know and then Yeltsin turned over the government. Him because people felt that he was going to be a strong leader. Uh, he has no moral character. He's the wealthiest man in the world. He's taken tens of billions of dollars. Uh, I mean, he's, he's never been in private business, and here he's the wealthiest man in the world. He's got uh, enormous wealth all over the world, and he's just taken it from uh, uh, the country, mostly in uh, the sale of uh, oil. He, he gets a cut of all the big deals mm. and all the transactions uh, have to get his approval so he's just a really rotten guy Um, but with regard to Ukraine when they took over Crimea very little pushback occurred from people living in Crimea they consider themselves Russians and I'm wondering how many people who live in uh, Donbass and Donetsk at those two uh, urban parts of Eastern Ukraine, how many of them would actually rather be part of Russia? If there was a pleb- now there was a plebiscite in Crimea and that plebiscite overwhelmingly voted to be returned to Russia. I don't think it was a free and fair election, though. I, the military was there around the polling station, so my guess is the Russians made sure of the result. But I'm not sure how different the result would have been if they hadn't. Um, just like Putin would be reelected right now if he had, ha- if he was to have a free and fair election in Russia, people would vote for Vladimir Putin yeah. because that's their mindset. They think he's a strong leader, and of course they've been. Uh, they don't. Get access, really, to uh, uh, you know, to objective news reporting. It's all state control, but but it's possible that that there are parts of eastern Ukraine that would rather be part of Russia. They speak Russian, their culture is Russian, and when Ukraine was turned over, you know, it was it was pulled out of the Soviet Union, there was a lot of discussion whether eastern all of eastern ukraine should be part of of ukraine or should it re, be part of russia i wish there could be a, a, a you know a free and fair election of say no ukraine's not going to allow that because uh, there are a lot of resources and you know if, if when the south wanted to secede yeah. we wouldn't allow because that was more justified because what we it wasn't just the resources that the South had, we, we believed that, that people, human beings shouldn't be enslaved. And, and so, you know, I think it was a virtuous war that uh, that the Union fought to, to keep our country united. But it may be a little different in Ukraine. I, I I wonder if it's possible to, for example, make a compromise that there would be a plebiscite that would be internationally monitored to see whether these... Communities in Eastern Ukraine want to be part of Russia. And if they were, if they did vote in a fair election to uh, to be part of uh, Russia, then Russia could could acquire them. I mean that, that we wouldn't like to see that. But if those, if the majority of people living there democratically would rather be in Russia, then you know that they should be. That seems to me they should be allowed. Even to if that's what they want to live under a, uh, a totalitarian dictatorship. That's um, you know, I, I, if we believe in democracy, I, I think w- we would have to let them go. So th- that's the only thing I'd, I'd throw out there. If it's just about uh, areas that you know are leaning in that direction, it's maybe is a way to avoid this. Otherwise, I do think we're going to go to war, and. And the problems with war is that the vast majority of the people killed in a war are innocent civilians.
1: Yeah, and and do we do you think we can do anything militarily? Isn't this inside their sphere of influence, like well, we Cuba can, was can, for us? Well, we, we, can, you know, we can. We can provide uh,
0: logistics. We can provide armaments. I don't think we'll go to war. I do think we will. Um, have very severe sanctions, but I'm not sure Putin cares that much. Yeah. I mean, he he, he he may be that selfish. He knows mm-hmm. that he's got, uh, you know, prob- tens of billions of dollars all over the world. So I, I'm, I'm not sure that it would upset him that much if, was, if the Russian people suffered in the way that we could make them suffer by cutting off trade. Um, I mean, the, you know, it's we did it to Iran, and Iran, it really hasn't yeah. weakened Iran that much. So I, 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 I don't know. Uh, and I, I'm, a, I'm afraid, you know, if, if he does attack Ukraine, which he may very well, um, I, I don't think the sanctions are going to deter him. And he may just go right to the, the, to the capital of Kiev and, and kill a whole lot of people. And, and I'm, you know, I, I don't think that NATO or the United States is going to get involved in that fight. That's the problem. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, on that note, I'm going to let you go, Congressman. I appreciate so much. That you uh, have taken this time to be with us tonight. I think we've had a great conversation. I hope maybe in the, the future sometime you come back where we can talk about uh, the, hopefully your prediction of fifty congressmen uh, doesn't come true, but uh, uh, and maybe your prediction of Hillary you're, will you're, will come true. We'll see. Uh, 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 yeah, we'll see. Uh, and will you give me one? Give me one. Line?
0: One. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. The, go okay. ahead. Well, I was going to say when your assistant called, oh, it, I think this was months. It was uh, it, uh, it was back in uh, what October, late October, yeah. maybe, uh, yeah. and um, and and she asked just out of the blue, "Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl?" And uh, I hadn't really given any thought um, that the the Rams, I think, had just lost four games in a row or something, and so. The, the chances were like 500 to 1 that they'd win the Super Bowl. And I blurted out the Los Angeles Rams. And she actually remembered that. So it's no credit to me, but uh, they. Um, <laughs>
1: it's, uh, well,
0: well, let's see what
1: happens. I'm don't continue to go on. And do me one last favor. Yes, sir. Uh, I had a friend who was a fundraiser for your brother, Brian, who oh. I've met. So please. Tell him I said hello. I will. The, the first time I met him, there's such a strong family resemblance. I'll, I'll let you guys fight it out of who's the more handsome of the two of you. But, uh, but he was a great handsome. guy.
0: He's a lot younger, and he's uh, and he'll be a lot more successful. But he's. Uh, I talk to Brian nearly every day. So uh, yeah, well, he was.
1: I, I yeah, please do because uh, uh, my friend Walter raised money for him, and and we went to oh, a meet. And we were very, very taken by him. Okay, thank you, Congressman. Thank continue you, success. It's a pleasure. Take care right. of yourself. Bye. Thank you. bye Bye. Bye. Uh, bye. We're going to end. The, we're ending the show just a couple minutes early today with the Congressman, so that I can make an announcement. Uh, we've been off the air really. We've had repeats the last few weeks, and part of the reason for that was my brother Paul, who was a decorated. Uh, veteran, He was a major in the United States Air Force, uh, flew F-111s, and then went on to become the president of one of the major, one of the best community colleges in America, Zane State College in Zaneville, Ohio, where he increased enrollment by 70% and brought in a lot of new programs and really affected the lives of thousands and thousands of, of or hundreds maybe, maybe not thousands, but hundreds and hundreds of students in Appalachia. His legacy still goes on. Unfortunately, he was flying his private plane, and the plane crashed, and, 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 and he, was, he was killed in the crash. So um, I love this man so much. I could go on about him for hours. Uh, I was orphaned as a teenager. He and my older sister helped raise me, and he was just an amazing person. He loved America, he loved his family, and he will be sorely missed by all of us. So uh, tonight, instead of dedicating a song to our guest, I'm going to dedicate this to Dr. Paul R. Brown, a retired major who was many things But most of all, to me, was the biggest, the best big brother in the history of the world. I love you, Paul. I will miss you. Here's the Steve Miller Band with a tribute to my brother. We'll see you next week. Thanks. The their right to vote. Give the people their right
0: to vote. Give the people their right to vote. Give the people their right to vote. Give the people their right to vote.